and you see a lot of errors. Anybody ever been that guy right there? Wondering, uh, okay, yeah, I can't kick the communion here. I get crazy up here. Y'all know that, so, oh, yeah, which reminds me, hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> praise, praise God. Anyway, that's kind of a guy in transition mode, trying to figure out which way to go, and that's kind of where we're at. You know, uh, transition, if you look at it, it's just the process of changing from one position to another. We literally, as a church building, which we know that this is just a place where we meet, we are in transition mode, aren't we? If you've come to any of the work days or the garage sale or anything, we're, we're moving stuff, aren't we? We're shuffling it here and there. So we're in trans, transition mode. And again, just you know, thankful for, for this building that God has blessed us with. We've been here 15 years now. This is not our first transition. Uh, we started up on Main Street in the old feed store there on 6th and Main and uh, renovated that and met there for almost two years. Then we transitioned over to Mustang Road there in the, a little strip mall there, uh, I think between uh, Reno and 15th Street. And then in, uh, well, 15 years ago, 2008, there we go, 2008, February, uh, we actually transitioned over to this place. But, you know, one thing I realized was the Holy Spirit was up there when we were up there. He was up over here. And he's definitely been here, amen? Anybody feel him today? Amen. And I know he's going to be with us over there, just a mile away, amen? So a lot of times it's, it's not just a transition physically, but sometimes it's, it's even more than, than that, I believe. I don't believe it's by accident that we're moving. God has his hand on this. He has assured me. You see, God is always in transition mode, it seems like. Amen? He's transitioning, repositioning People, churches, nations. How many of your things change in the world? Amen. Glad they finally got the balloon shot down. Hallelujah. That was the big deal there for, for a while. Uh, but Acts 17, verse number 26. Let's go there. And we're going we're gonna to read uh, this. I don't think I gave her that scripture, actually. So I'm going to read it to you from up here. I meant to give that to her. The Lord gave it to me, actually back there in my office before church, but then I uh, went right into rehearsal and uh, didn't get a chance to give that to her. But here it is, or you can turn in your Bible, Acts 17, 26. He's made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And he has determined, everybody say determined, the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. You see, God knows what's going on in this world. Does he not? Pretty much says it right there. He's determined the times and the boundaries and, and stuff. So God, God has an eye not only on nations and kingdoms, but even comes right on down to you and me. You say, oh, pastor, there's billions of people on this earth. I know. I don't understand how he does it. But he knows us to the point of the hairs on our head. That's, that's pretty uh, finite. Amen. That's, uh, that's quite, a, quite, quite a, a deal there, to know that God knows us that well. So, so, you know, when we're faithful to our assignment, he takes note. The parable of the talents even talks about that. We mentioned that not long ago. He gives you more assignment. But there's other times we've become, when we become passive or content 
Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit trying to awaken us and move us up to another level. Anybody ever been in that transition mode before? When he's trying to wake you up and move you up. You know, as we've learned in the prayer of Jabez, God can and will enlarge your territory. Amen? Woo! I like this side. I'll preach to y'all over here. I said God can and will enlarge your territory, and he's doing it. Amen? He is doing it, praise God. And we, but we have to pray like Jabez did, cried out to God, and God began to bless him and transition his life. God granted his request. So, you know, uh, God will awaken us in our spirit. Amen? He, he wants to move us up, I believe, in, in everything that I've read and studied in this book right here. God is for me. Let's say that. God is for me. He's constantly looking. His eyes, somebody told me this is one of their favorite scriptures. His eyes roam to and fro across the whole earth to see who he can bless. Why not me? Amen? Why not me? Amen? What can I do to get myself in a place with God to where I can walk in that blessing, I can walk in that enlargement, instead of sitting here in same old mode, amen? In comfort zone mode. Do churches get in comfort zones? Do people get in comfort zones? How many of you have a favorite chair or recliner? Yeah, that, that's comfort or comfortable, right? It's hard to get you out of there some evenings, isn't it? <laughs> you've locked in and you've plopped in and you're... You're there, so I believe, again, God is wanting to awaken this church. It's still strong in my spirit. We must constantly be ready to transition to where God wants us. Can you, we say this today? I'm available. I'm available, Lord. I'm available. Hallelujah. Praise God. Here am I. Was it Jeremiah that said that? I'll go. Here am I. Lord, send me. So we're going to look. One of my favorite uh, characters in the New Testament, I love David in the Old Testament. My name's David. Some of you may not know it, but my middle name is Paul. So guess who my favorite character is in the, in the, in the New Testament? Paul. How many love Paul? Man, he was all in one way or the other, wasn't he? That's kind of me, man. All in one way or the, the other. But we're going to look at him towards the end of his life. He is on a ship, and he's heading for his last call to Rome. He's always wanted to go to Rome to visit the church there, but this time he's going in chains as a prisoner. He's already appealed his case. He was charged with the charge of, I can't remember exactly all the charges, but anyway, he was causing a riot, causing a ruckus, and the Jews came to him and got him, and he went before Felix. He went before Festus. He went before King Agrippa, and now he's appealed to Caesar, so to Caesar he must go. So he's on this ship, and we're just going to look at some points today. You know, he's, he's in transition mode, but let's go to Acts chapter 27. The first thing I want to point is, out is when we're in transition mode is the need to discern the times and the seasons. Is it important to understand what time or season you're in in your life? Some people get so busy living their life, they don't slow down long enough to see the big picture that what God was trying to do in that season. I'm old. I can look back and see 
the times when I missed it, when I wasn't discerning. Is it important to have a spirit of discernment? Who wants to help you with that? The Holy Spirit, God, yes. He, he's living literally inside of you. And how many's ever felt, I'm, I call it those promptings, promptings of the Holy Spirit. When you're doing something you know you shouldn't do, and all of a sudden you hear this voice in your, I say my spirit man saying, this is not good, this is not going to turn out good. But what do we do sometimes? We just overrule, override the spirit man and the flesh, you know, wins out, and then we go around the mountain. <laughs> Another lap, right? Maybe two. And so it's very important, number one, that we learn to discern the times and the seasons. In verse number 9 and 10 of Acts chapter 27, it says this, We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Men, he said, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. Paul was discerning. He'd probably been in prayer, right? What was about to happen, but the ones, quote, in charge, the owner and the helmsman or the, the main guy on the ship, they had said, no, I believe we can make it. Let's, let's push on. And really, it was already past, I think it said in that text or the verses before, it was past the... the uh, uh, fast. Anybody know what the fast was in the fall? The Day of Atonement type thing. It was already usually around mid-September. So it said that's already come and gone. We're already into October here. And we're going to take a chance on getting out into, they called it a typhoon back then. We would more relate to a hurricane. And it can get bad quick. How many of you ever been out on a, you know, up, you know, I've been out on a lake before a few times when it got bad. And it started white capping. Anybody, everybody ever been out there when you're just rocking to and fro and you're just praying to God you can get back to the bank. I nearly drowned four of my deacons one time out <laughs> on, on Conscious Lake. Man, we was out in a, a little 15-foot boat that was designed for two with six of us, I believe, in there. And the water line was about that lot, uh, far below the boat. It had too much weight in the boat. Are you with me? So when the waves started coming, guess where they were going? <laughs> right in the Splish splash! I was taking a bath. <laughs> no, here we go. I got them. I got them all cleaned up. Amen. Praise God. We did make it. There's a good good outcome. We did make it to the to the shore. But so it's past the the day of atonement. It's it's uh it's not a good plan. And and Paul discerned this. Though he was not the owner of the ship, though he is not the helmsman, he discerned that it was going to be some rough going. The man of God. He steps up. He said, I've got a word from God. So he tries to advise them. There's going to be a problem here. One version said, I perceive. This version that we read today didn't say that. It says, I believe there's going to be. But one version, I remember if it's the King James, says, I perceive. Is it important to have perception? Amen. When the Spirit of God is moving in your heart. So he, again, he's trying to advise them. Uh, you know, but I can imagine them saying, no. We've done this before. We've made it just fine. We'll be okay. Blah, blah, blah. Emmy's ever seen that? You know, the past experiences. Are you with me? Sometimes we compare now to past experiences. 
And sometimes it'll get us in trouble, won't it? I know there are lessons that we can learn from past experiences, but sometimes we don't want to learn them again, do we? Some of those. How many how many's got some experiences in your life that you don't want to have to learn again? So Paul, the man of God, is standing up. And, and I want to say this today. We need to be in the place that God is in the now, in the present, in the present. Churches can do that same thing. They can get stuck in the past. And I see some of them are having to close their doors now because they're so stuck in the past. They can't gear to the times and anchor to the rock. Is that important? I mean, you know, music has changed in the past 2,000 years. And uh, it's evolved. Let us, let's put it that way. I don't know how they sang. A lot of it was Jewish dancing and celebrating and a, uh, what, whatever you call the little thing, they, they uh, Lyle or something. I can't. Anyway, it's changed a lot. But some people, if it's not Southern gospel, I can't worship God. All that other stuff, it's of the devil. Anybody ever heard that? Praise God. That happened here about 10 years ago. Amen? We switched to the more uh, modern music, and some didn't like it. They were so stuck on the style rather than on worship that they lost the big picture. Man, you can throw a tambourine down in some church. The little church I was raised in, you throw a tambourine down, we could shout for an hour. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. It was, uh, it was powerful. I've seen back in the, the 60s, Ladies wore high heels. I don't know if some people may say, I've seen a lady one time. She was worshiping the Lord, and she kicked her foot like that, and that high heel went up and stuck right in the top <laughs> of the ceiling. Hallelujah. She was having a good time. At the age of 18 years old, that was about the last time I played drums until here recently, but I cleared a drum set. To this day, I don't know how I landed on the other side but the whole spirit moved on me and all of a sudden the next thing I know I'm standing over here and the drum set is still sitting over there so again I, I've been in some Pentecostal things anybody else ever been in a Pentecostal service Jericho March but does that mean God's wanting to do that today not necessarily he says behold I will do what a new thing a new thing so we can't allow the past We've got to be discerning, church, of the times and the seasons. Can anybody give me an amen today? We have got to be discerning of the times. Hallelujah. The opening text says he's determined our times and our boundaries. There were some great times there in Hollis. There were some great times in Ardmore. There were great times in, in Hobbs. I've seen bodies healed. I've seen people slain in the spirit around the altar, stacked up like cordwood god has done some great things this church on main street over here we've had the dead raised back to life amen praise god because of the prayers of this church so god has done some great things but i'm not going to live on yesterday amen i'm going to keep discerning the times and the season daniel said it this way in daniel chapter 2 verse number 20 in the amplified it says daniel answered blessed be the name of god Forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Wisdom and might. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and he sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. You want more wisdom? 
What do you do? Ask. James said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And he that giveth will give it generously. As a young man, I prayed for wisdom. If you're a young person today, why not get it early instead of waiting until you get gray-headed? Amen? Praise God. Get some wisdom. And with your wisdom, get some what? Some understanding along with it. Very important. So, okay, i got to quit stopping and preaching. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness. And the light dwells with him. Hallelujah. I think there's one more, perhaps. There it is. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known to me now what we desired of you, for you have made known to us the solution to the king's problem. You know what's going on here? King Nebuchadnezzar, I'll call him King Neb for short, he had had a dream. And he wouldn't explain to anybody, all the astrologers, all the sorcerers, all the magicians, he he said, I want you to tell me what the dream is and then tell me the interpretation of it. And, of course, all of them said, there's no man. You want me to tell you what you dreamed? Why not tell me what you dreamed? And then I'll try to conjure up something here that will go along with what you dreamed. He said, no, I want you to tell me what I dreamed, and then I want you to tell me the meaning of what I dreamed. And so he's, he's mad. He's starting to, to kill some of them because they can't tell the dream. And so, you know, it's coming down the line to, to Daniel. And Daniel and, of course, the, the three Hebrew children, they're there and they're like, hey, we, we better do something here. So Daniel inquired of the Lord and he asked God in this prayer for wisdom. Did he, uh, God gave him, a, let me just say this, God gave him a night vision and he saw what the king dreamed. Just as if the king had dreamed it over again. Wow, is that a miracle? That's, yeah, that's discerning the times. That's, he, he got alone with God. God showed him the dream with the iron and the clay and the figure and the image and all the bronze and the, all the different colors and all the four different kingdoms that were going to arise out of that. God actually showed him that dream, and then he also gave him the interpretation of the dream. But Daniel, as we learned here, discerned the times, did he not? How I many know God will still reveal things to us today? Daniel took time to get in God's presence and hear from him. How many want to hear from God and discern the times and the seasons we're in? Amen. Praise God. It's very important. Number two, in Acts chapter 27, verse number 18 and 19. We'll go to that in just a moment. But number two is reassess what is valuable. Physically speaking, we are doing that right now. <laughs> At this church, we don't want to carry everything that we've accumulated here 15 years, right? Hallelujah. You know, it really felt good, though. I went and toured their church, and they have a big room like we had upstairs. It's just stacked full of props and couches and all kinds of clothes and furniture. And how many, know, how many of you accumulate things around your house that you no longer use or even need? <laughs> right? I want to get to that place where... I'm traveling light, amen? There's things in my garage and different places that I really no longer, I'm a, I'm a what's the word here? I, I love antiques, and I've got too many of them. <laughs> but anyway, uh, physically speaking, we're, we're getting rid of all that stuff. We, you know, had a garage sale, made about $2,500 for the church. We gave away another, I don't know, 
a box truck full, right, Brian? And uh, now they're selling it, making money. Then two week, and then last weekend we came and uh, John loaned us his trailer. We hauled off a big old trailer load of stuff out of here. There's probably another one up there in the attic. But we're we're getting rid of stuff, aren't we? So we're having to reassess. Are y'all getting this? What is valuable? Because we don't want to keep carrying it along with us. So in verse 18 and 19 of our text today, the next day, we, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Man, will that preach right there. There's a time to throw some stuff overboard, isn't there? You know, I know it was, you know, the owner, I'm sure it was tough for him because it was, it was his livelihood. But how many you know when it's life or death, and some of you are in that place where it's life or death, reassess what is valuable. Where are you focusing, the things you're focusing on, amen? Is God number one? That's the biggest question. If God's not number one, then yes, get back on your knees and start reassessing. Amen? And he will show you, praise God, the things you need to keep and the things you need to get rid of. So they're in this hurricane. It's getting crazy. I mean, you know, some, some things that, that you've relied on in this season, you're not going to need in the next season. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some of the things that you've got attached to. It's wrapped itself and, and drawn you in. You're not going to need in the next season of life. Praise God. That'll preach. Praise God. Hallelujah. Some are still, though, trying to hold on to these things. It's something or someone sometimes that you don't even need right now. How many know there are people in your life that can drag you down and suck the life right out of you? And you've got to be smart enough as you go through this game of life to, to figure out the ones that are moving you towards your goal and your dreams and the ones that are holding you back. And sometimes it can even be family members. Amen? Or dear friends that's, oh, I don't know if I, you know, and, and sometimes they mean well. But when you've heard from God, no one else's opinion matters. Hallelujah. Nobody else's opinion matters. Praise God. When you've heard from God, thus saith God, we better move in the direction. If he's saying let go of some things, Ooh, hallelujah, we better let go of some things. I've got a word for somebody today. Lighten the load. Lighten the load. You're carrying way too much. And the Holy Spirit, is. you know who you are. He's talking to you right now. Lighten the load. Thus saith God, lighten the load. Amen. Let it go. Reassess what is important in your life. Hallelujah. He wants to set you free from the bondage and the things that are holding you back. Praise God. Reprioritize. It's that season, isn't it? Reprioritize your life, your purpose, your mission. Seek God. Get rid of all the bondage and the things that's holding you down. Praise God. There's a song that just popped into my mind. It's something about keep me away from the things that keep me away from you. Anybody ever heard that song, or, that, or did I just make that up? I don't know if it's a secular song or I think it's a religious song. Keep me away, Lord. I think it is a, a, a Christian song. Keep me away from the things, Lord, that keep me away from you. Is that a good song to sing? 
keep me away. Some things I need to let go of. We have to evaluate constantly. We have to examine. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 31 in the Amplified says this. For if we searchingly examined ourselves, detecting our own shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment. Do I need to constantly be judging my life before someone else has to do that or even get the, the bigger pictures before I stand the, before the judge of all judges? Is it important to evaluate and examine your life and see where you are in your relationship with Christ. Paul makes it very clear there, doesn't he? Number three, we've only got five more. <laughs> Find direction. Anybody getting something out of this? Hallelujah. How many of you stay another hour at least? <laughs> All right, I'm messing with you probably, but we'll see. Find direction. Find direction. Is that important? Man, I'm telling you. Uh, in verse number 20, that's the, where I got the thought for this. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. They didn't have GPS back then. Amen? It was They relied on this instrument that somehow read, I've seen them in, in museums before, that somehow went up and shot off the stars and the sun and the moon, and it guided them as they went from point A to point B. So they had lost their directions. It was some rough times. All hope, all hope was gone. Just out. Anybody ever been lost? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a terrible feeling when you don't do it which way's north i don't know you know i've been out hunting before and you know get late at night and you you're trying to find your way out of hickory refuge down at ardmore down there bow hunting back in my younger years and i'm trying to it's getting dark i've stayed hoping that that buck will finally come right by my stand and i'm going to get a shot but it's it's getting dark and you try to find your way back out of there so all hope was was gone Man's abilities and capabilities had been exhausted. When you've got nothing left but God, you've still got enough to start over. Hallelujah. When you've got nothing left. Woo, yes, give him praise today. Hallelujah. I have lived a little bit of this in my own life. I lost my ministry, lost my family, and even some friends, and it, it drove me to my knees. And guess who I found there? <laughs> Ooh, always, hallelujah. How many of you have lived some of this? Man, it drove me to my knees, and there I found the one who could really, really help me. Hallelujah. You know, the church has been under, we'll all, we all recognize it and realize it, these last three years has been under a devastating attack. Some are no longer here, and some have lost their direction they've lost their focus they've tried to compromise a little bit here and a little bit there they compromise 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 and they're no longer standing in the pulpit speaking the truth and saying thus saith the Lord God it saddens my heart because the, I mean you know the Word of God has not changed 
man changes, the world changes, fads come and they go, and styles and all of this stuff. But I'm telling you today, the eternal Word of God does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We as churches better get, and we've, thank, thank God, all the weepers and warriors crying out to God. May we stay on course. May we not lose our focus during this transition time. You know, that's when the enemy wants to come in, right? As you're transitioning and start making something else look good, and you, you start, all of a sudden start going in the wrong direction and wind up going round and round in circles like Israel did. We need direction. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. But not only has the church lost their direction, but a lot of people have lost their direction. They've settled on Comfortable Street. Amen? Easy Street. And they've, they uh, no longer feel the need sometimes to be in God's house even anymore. Hey, why not just tune in, plug in there? Let me tell you something today. You need a church family. You need a covering. You need a place to get involved and use your talents and your abilities to bless the body of Christ with. And this building is full of people today that understand that. They're hard workers here at this at the house if you're visiting today believe me we've got a team that uh we, we can chase the devil all day long praise god he, he runs from us around here amen praise god we are strong and mighty but you know the the needs of humanity hasn't changed amen people still need god people still need to hear the message of the cross and the resurrection. That there was a God that loved the world enough to send his only son to die on that cross for their sins. Amen. You say, well, preacher, you know, things have changed a lot and blah, blah, blah. And it's, No, no, it hasn't. It's still the living word of God. We still, the only way to, to be saved is through Jesus. Amen. That's the only way. There's no other name given among men whereby you might be saved other than the name of Jesus. You want to spend life eternal? Believe in Jesus. You want to spend life in a, in a burning hell? Make the other choice. It comes down to a choice, doesn't it? Who are you going to serve? We need his direction. So number two, find direction and purpose in your life. Jeremiah 33, 3. I love this one. Call unto me, and I will answer you and I will show you things that you're not even aware of hallelujah anybody ever had that happen man I can't tell you the number of times in my journey Christian journey that I've called unto God I've got to the place finally where I've tried everything my way and I'm finally there he's finally got me right where he wants me and I call out to him, and he shows me the way out. He shows me the plan and the future and the destiny that he has for my life. Praise God. You know, I'm 68 years old today. I'll just tell you. Not today, but that's how old I am. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's not my birthday. Don't start singing happy birthday or anything, okay? Now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting old. Yeah, that's the... That's the main, main point here, but I can relate with David. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging 
bread. I, I, I can remember looking out the window and seeing somebody coming down the sidewalk with a sack of groceries. We were down to the last few things, but praise God, he came through. Amen? Praise God. God has showed me so many things in my life. Number four, we're hurrying. Hunger and thirst. They had, as we mentioned in one of the scriptures before, they had been fasting, right? Let's read that. 27, 21. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. Now let's jump to verse number 33. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. Fourteen days. Are you with me? Please eat something now for your own good. Ooh, I say that in the spirit today. Please eat some spiritual food now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and he broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. That's the lesson here today. Those that hunger and thirst, spiritually speaking, shall what? Be filled. Hunger and thirst. He's referring to natural food here in this particular text, but I'm referring to spiritual food. Our spiritual appetites must become dominant. Ooh, write that down if you're taking notes today. It's more important than that Twinkie. Are you with me? Or that chips and dip or whatever it is you like to snack on. Our spiritual appetites, time alone with God, hungering and thirsting after Him. So hungry. Hallelujah. That song, I love it. And I, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. Remember that song? And the one they sang today, I will pursue you because I can't live without that spiritual food. I must have it. It's important, church, to hunger and thirst. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isaiah saw it. Isaiah 55, verse number 1. He said, Ho. Everybody say ho. It's not on that one, but in the King James it says, Ho! <laughs> that gets your attention, right? Everyone that thirsteth, come and drink, even if you have no money. Come on. Take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Hallelujah. I'm going to reference that to the Holy Spirit. I mean, no, you can be broke and not have a dime, but you can get in the Holy Spirit's presence. Amen? Come on, he said. Come on, everybody that's thirsty. Amen. And we will fill you up. Hallelujah. I need that nourishment. Every day. Hallelujah. Jesus told the woman at the well something, didn't he? He was talking about water and drinking. She wanted to ask him if you need a drink. And he said, the water I give you, you'll never thirst again. Hallelujah. Is that true? Hallelujah. You'll never thirst again. Praise God. The water is be like a river running on the inside of you. Praise God. I'm hurrying. Number five. We've never been this way before when we transition from here to over there we haven't been over there yet have we we've been here but we haven't been over there so things are going to be different aren't they 
We've never been this. Let's read the verse here. That's verse number 39. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline. But they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. Did you catch that? They didn't recognize the coastline because they had never been there before. They were in unchartered territory. Anybody ever been there? Man, I tell you, Bev and I, when we go on vacations, the GPS, a lot of these rental cars have GPS, and even, even though you've got the address programmed in, sometimes you're going along there and there's going to be a road going to the right and another one 100 feet before the other one going to the right. Well, I'm like, which one? Which one do I take? The first one or the second one? And, it gets really tense. <laughs> she can vouch for that, as she just did. It gets really tense in the cockpit of that car. <laughs> Are you with me? And uh, I'll get mad, and I'll get frustrated, because I know where I want to go, but I can't seem to get there. <laughs> and and uh, so, again, it's uncharted territory, if you know what I'm talking about. And that's kind of what's going on here. We've, we haven't been this way before. I just want to give you a news flash today. The same God that was with you back here, he'll be with you over here. Hallelujah. That's a rhema word for somebody. He hasn't changed. Praise God. We may be walking through mud or sand and we've been on the mountain. Now we're down in the valley, but I'm telling you today, Get that down in your spirit. Praise God is with you. He is for you. He will carry you right through whatever it is you're going through. Just trust him. Number six, cut away the things. I'm hurrying. Cut away the things that keep you from moving on. I kind of referenced that a little bit in point number two about leaving the past behind. Remember that? But number six, verse number 40a, the a part of this Verse, so they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders. All right, that's the second part. We'll get to it in just a minute. Anchors will keep you bound to your old position. Mm. Somebody's thrown the anchor out, and it's time to cut the rope. Amen? Praise God. It's desperate times. You can't stay anchored to that anymore. Amen? It's time to cut the rope and move forward in God's plan for your life. They cut away the things that kept them from moving on. Some are stuck on like a treadmill. <laughs> right? I have just got back into treadmill here lately. Man, I, it's wintertime. I, I love to get out and walk in the nature. We have a beautiful place to walk around out there and I love that but when it's really cold like it's been the last few weeks I'm back on the treadmill doing my due diligence for 15 minutes or whatever and I'm going <laughs> you know it's it's boring for me I'll tell you that I'll just be honest but I'm moving but I ain't going nowhere I'm still in that room the surroundings still look the same if I keep doing this, I'm going to have to give me a TV or something in that room. Bev reads books on her Kindle while she's... 
<laughs> doing her treadmill. I got to figure that out. But we must cut away the things that are keeping us from getting closer to God. Amen. Y'all getting this? Last one, number seven. In verse number 40b, the one that we just read, the latter part, and 41, it says, Then they lowered the rudders. What do rudders do? Give direction, don't they? They guide you. They guide you. They raised the foresail and headed towards shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and they began to break apart. The two things I want to look at is they dropped the rudder back in the, in the water for direction and then they raised the sail. Anybody ever done any sailing? Anybody besides me? I've done it two times up in Colorado on the Dillon Lake. Anybody ever been to Dillon? Anyways, yeah, I love that. Anyway, it's beautiful. I didn't think I'd like it, but it's, it's, it slows you down for about two hours, right? You're kind of slowing down, just relying on the wind. And sometimes there's a good wind, and sometimes there's not one. So that's when I'm wanting that 60-horse Johnson or whatever. You know. <laughs> but it, I learned to just enjoy the beauty. There was mountains all around and stuff. But anyway, back to the sail. The sails are there to catch the wind. When I think of the wind, I think of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The pneuma of the Holy Spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost? A wind came into that room and what? Filled the house. Ooh, hallelujah. The, do we need the Holy Spirit? Do we need to yield to Him? That's the last point. We must yield control to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to fill ourselves and carry on. Amen. Let's stand together. I'm, I'm landing this thing. One more scripture. Praise God. Yielding control. Romans 6, 13. In the Amplified Version. I hope you grab a hold of this. Do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members and your faculties to sin as instruments, tools of wickedness. But offer and yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead to perpetual life and your bodily members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. Hallelujah. How many want to yield and surrender your life to God? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for this word today, Lord, from Acts 27 as we read it this past week. Lord, these things just leaped out in our spirit, Lord, as we saw Paul transitioning from one phase of his life to another. Lord, we're in that mode here at the house, transitioning. Lord, some of these points today have struck a chord in the spirits men and women here today, not only for this church, but in their own personal lives or their business or their job. And Lord, I just pray today in these closing moments that your Holy Spirit will have his way. The things that we've heard, the 
have landed in our spirits and now it's time for action it can just be a word that was heard or it can be a word that was heard in action was taken Lord so many never get to the second phase they oh that was a timely word that was a great word pastor but Lord I pray right now Holy Spirit hover hover over this place today as we make transitions as we reposition ourselves in this community Lord thank you for these past almost 18 years Lord that we've been able to make a difference in the lives of men and women thank you thank you Lord for this church and for all the ones that make it the church that it is today Lord there are some here today that have some talents and giftings that we need to be tapping into. We need to be using them, the body of Christ. I pray that they will yield themselves completely to you today. Say, Lord, use me. Here am I. Here am I, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions as we're closing this service down. ready to transition into something greater in your life it starts with desire does it not if that's you please slip your hand up and say I'm ready to transition amen into something greater for my life hands going up every section today I want more I'm not contented I haven't landed on comfort zone street but the Holy Spirit has quickened my heart today and there's more that I can do if I really ask each one of you individually, one-on-one today, are you doing all that you can for God? I don't think there'd be a one that would say yes. There's more. Amen? And I'd have to answer the same way. God's got deeper depths and higher heights. He's constantly wanting to promote us and move us up. But we fight it. We resist it because the flesh wants to continue doing his thing and controlling. We don't yield to the Holy Spirit. So thank you for your honesty today. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today, two different points today. I talked about lightening your load. If that's you today, I need to lighten my load. There's some things that are anchoring me and keeping me from being all that I can for God, if that's you. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. There's some things that are dragging me down. And I've got to let it go. I've got to cut the rope, lighten the load, get back to the position that I'm supposed to be in, in God. And I know it, and He's told me, the Holy Spirit has revealed it to me. I need to move forward. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we just... Ah. Thank you. You're pricking and convincing, reproving, correcting, exhorting right now in this body of Christ, Lord, as we're in that quiet time and we're just standing here yielded to you if you feel comfortable doing this today just i feel led to do this just slip your hands heavenward 
Lord, I surrender myself to you. I'm yours. I want you more than anything else in my life. Use me. Here am I. Hallelujah. God sees the intent of your heart right now. Don't be surprised if he opens some doors for you in the next few weeks or so. I don't know exactly everyone's lifestyles and all that's going on in your life, but remember the the commitment that you made right here on this day. Lord, I am here. I'm available. And I'm ready to be used by you. Hallelujah. Sheila, sing this song. And as she sings it, just sing it from your heart as well. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm coming after you. Hallelujah.